Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to Mining Stock Daily. Trevor Hall here. We're going to continue uh, with another, uh, actually, a corporate introduction. Uh, this is we're going to step away from precious and base metals and talk critical metals, rare earths, with a company that I'm introducing to all the listeners. Uh, it is Molten Metals. They trade on the CSE with the symbol MOLT. Uh, we've talked a little bit about antimony uh, with the the. The Stibnite project in the United States, this might be the first time I'm talking antimony outside of that project. And in fact, this is the first time I think in my tenure as host of this podcast, I'm actually talking to somebody in Israel. So I'm happy to welcome in, in, welcome in Executive Director and CEO of Molten, Ms. Laura Smith. Laura, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, so let's start out with the general question. Why antimony? What is it? you know, about antimony that uh, this company is doing a deep dive in development with? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a that's a fair question. So antimony is a very unique metal. It's, um, it's niche. It's only 170,000 tons um, in terms of the market. So it really is a niche metal. It's one of those forgotten critical metals. But it is there. It's on the periodic table, I promise you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, Really, we're we're in a facing a deficit market. So, antimony truly was the most boring mineral, and many of you have been for years. It like traded at five thousand dollars a ton, not enough to entice any new entrants, not enough for anybody to leave the market. Boring. Twenty nineteen December, that that number doubled to eleven thousand dollars a ton. Now you ask why? Well, for a while. China had been uh, reducing its exports out and limiting its exports outside, but that's not the reason. The, the real reason is that that market started to hit a deficit, and it's going to be a sustained deficit market, especially with the advent of the molten salt liquid batteries. If that, becomes, if that um, gets broad adoption, then we're going to find ourselves in severe deficits. Uh, and that's really what sustained the price. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, historically, antimony has this defense connection to it, right? Uh, but maybe let's dive into its energy usage with the batteries. I think this would be an interesting discussion to have and bring a lot of awareness for the people listening. Yeah, so so that that's exactly right. So antimony has always had its uh, roots in defense. It was mined um, ardently during the First and Second World War. Um, and then sort of lost its luster when in relative times of peace and, and sort of comes back in times of strife. But um, the interesting property of antimony is that it's um, a heat retardant. So if you coat anything that heats up with antimony, you start to protect it. So you do find antimony in the lining of brake pads, for instance, in um, coatings on batteries, in ant- anything that needs uh, corrosion protection, there is minimal amounts of antimony. Now, we've gone from portable devices and using lithium and critical mineral earths in, in making devices portable. We're now moving to an era where we're making batteries mass scalable. So we're no longer in, that interested in a power tool. We're now interested, like, can we put a battery in a car and, and, and drive it and, instead of um, having fuel consumption? But more than that is can we use renewable energy and store it using a battery and feed it to the grid 
during times when there is no sun, during times when there is no wind. And that requires mass storage. That requires a battery that is scaled up. Um, and we haven't been able to accomplish that with success. So that's why I say if this company, and it's been backed by um, every major person with money on the planet, actually does gain broad adoption for its antimony molten salt batteries, the key question on their minds, on our minds, on anybody who knows this market is, where is the antimony coming from? Mm -hmm. So where is it currently coming from? China? Well, As currently there isn't a market. It's, it's, it's just, right. you know, currently China doesn't have to um, support a battery market because there isn't a battery market. It's, it's sort of, uh, it's gone into commercialization this year. So we, we're actually in development and have signed contracts um, for a product that is shown to have worked. So we've passed the commercial viability of it. There's signed contracts that will necessitate about 25%, 20, 25% of the um, antimony outside of China. Mm. And I don't know how you're going to get that because the antimony outside of China is largely contracted, some of which is contracted to China. Right. Uh, because China is both a, a supplier and an end user, although it doesn't tend to supply the globe with much antimony anymore. It's more of a, a consumer at this point. Um, so, yes, it traditionally has been supplied by, by China. Um, the, and Russia, so with Russia being Russia, that that is, is also off um, off the mix. We can't get that material anymore. Then South Africa was probably the third largest player. I think Russia and South Africa competed between number two, number three. So that spot is gone because that mine has been on care and maintenance for many, many years already. Um, it was a very large mine called Consmerch. It's normally associated with gold. Antimony generally occurs with something else. That something else is often gold. Um, mm -hmm. So um, the one in South Africa is a very deep gold mine, too deep to run as a gold mine, so that's gone on to care and maintenance. Um, Zimbabwe um, has got some limited you know, supply of antimony, so that's reasonable. Then it's really... Um, artisanal small scale that that has that market. So, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because I just want to I, I want to paint just a, a a good brush here. Uh, Molten is really harnessing the antimony projects in uh, in parallel with currently technology that battery technology that's being developed using. Antimony, is that fair to say? I don't want to be by parallel, but basically we're, we're at a, we, we're taking antimony projects at a point in time where antimony is a critical on every single critical metal list. It's a one of only 14 critical metals that makes it onto every critical metal list of every major economy. Right. Um, and B, at a very exciting time for antimony because there's current demand, there's impending potentially huge demand and there is no one there taking up the supply. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So let's talk about these assets. Uh, it's almost like you were centered in Slovakia, actually. Uh, three projects in Slovakia, uh, one in Canada. Uh, but what is it about, what is it about Slovakia and antimony? This is a narrative I'm unfamiliar with. 
Yeah, so I mentioned that um, Russia had antimony, and Slovakia used to be part of the USSR, and antimony has its uh, traditions uh, rooted in the defense industry, and every major economy, it doesn't matter how you feel about that economy, concerns itself with metals for defense, um, and Russia was no different. So what Russia used to do back in the day was they used to build these adits, keep everybody employed, um, and basically they used to um, develop assets, take confirmation samples along the way, so um, to the USSR standard, get a resource as they did it. And then if Mother Russia didn't need antimony at the time, then they would close these adits. First, they used to put a wooden gate. That didn't help anything because um, the metals were often stolen if they just put a wooden gate. So the adits that you really offer are the ones which were exploded. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so you got all this fallen rock fall, and that kept the, the minerals safe. Uh, and Slovakia is actually littered with this. Um, you, you find it in gold. You find it in antimony. The nice thing is that these tunnels, these adits have been built. So it takes out a lot of the construction phase. Um, the Russians were pretty accurate as far as uh, their their calculations went. Um, so you've got a roadmap to at least look at to say, all right, in that adit, we're meant to find mineralization. This is how much mineralization we're meant to find. Can we confirm it? Um, so it starts to reduce the cost of bring something up to a resource level. Mm -hmm. um, and, and um, you know, I, I can't, I mean, listen, company, we can't say, yes, this is the historic resources and therefore we've got resources. We don't. You've got, you can only do it if you've got a NI43-101. But um, as geologists and thinkers about mines and, and people in the mining industry, um, we, we guide ourselves by what has been previously drilled, irrespective of who's drilled it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's what we do have in Slovakia. And you mentioned, uh, you know, the explosion underground to close some of these things. But in, I guess in general, what is, you know, the status with accessing these adits? Is it pretty pretty simple? Uh, define simple. Is anything simple in mining, <laughs> Jared Trevor? True. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> so... No, so it, I think it's simpler than, than many jurisdictions or more straightforward than many jurisdictions that, that we've encountered. But everything starts with the resource and a modern resource statement. Now, um, and then you, you're sort of challenged between the, being the public company and, and being, a, being a mining company that, you know, if you're private. So um, for Slovakia, for instance, you don't need an NI43-101 resource in order to start applying for a mining license. You just need a resource that is that um, is accepted by the Slovakia uh, Ministry of Mines. And it's signed off by a QP that is accepted by the Slovakia Ministry of Mines. For a value proposition, I'd say, for a public company and for publicity and for PR and for an independent valuation, independent standard, we would want that resource ideally to be a JORC or an NR43-101 or something that the market recognizes. So, uh, yes, it's more straightforward. Than if we had to do it in Canada or in Australia, where you would need a jork, or you would need an NR forty three one hundred one. But we are a, a public company, and we want to create value, at least perceived value, for shareholders. So ideally, 
um, we would prefer it to be in our 43101 to that standard. Um, but it's not needed in Slovakia. So you, everything starts with the resource, so that's pretty standard. You're then allowed to um, pay a deposit, it's called your PDA, um, to hold the area, to say that you're allowed to, you want to be a mine. Um, please don't put a train through it. Please don't make it into a residential area. Hold it for me as a mine. We pay our deposit and we start applying for the mining license. If that is accepted, in Slovakia, you'll get something called a conditional mining license, which basically means you, here's your mining license. You're not allowed to mine. You're only allowed to mine if you satisfy us that you can do a PFS, a pre-feasibility study, feasibility study, that includes the business case, that includes how you're going to process it, that includes provision for any heavy metals, what, how you're going to um, handle the waste, etc. Um, and sometimes, not always, they'll call for an EIA. So, so that's the process, which is a bit different in Slovakia compared to other jurisdictions. What is the the work program looking like? The exploration work. What do you, you know, what what if, what do you want listeners to take away of what's going to happen? Say the next six months here with these projects. Yeah. So, so right now we're in a capital raising phase. And we're specifically raising to take our largest assets, Treyova, um, to a resource-ready uh, state. So what that practically means is um, the assets are there. Um, funny that this particular um, asset, some teenagers made a music video playing around in the adit, like about five or six years ago. We didn't hold it then. Um, yeah, the foolhardy of youth. I don't think I would just go into an unused mine, but you know, you you do when you're when you're twenty. And so you can actually see. What's nice is for the first time, I was actually see able to see in it. To say, gosh, that really is intact. <laughs> that, that really does extend, and it really is intact. Because I've only ever stood at the base, and I'm like, I'm not going in there. <laughs> so so that, that was cool to see. So at least in, I kind of get what work needs to be done just from that music video. But um, yeah, so basically you've got to open the edit, make sure people can breathe in there, which I should be able to, so I'm walking through a cave and a tunnel. Um, make sure it's wide enough for, for mechanization. Um, reinforce it where necessary. And then you're basically following a map and where wherever a US or Soviet drilling has taken place and they've taken a calculation, you want to twin that. So you want to do confirmation sampling um, and basically you want to, from there, calculate a resource. So we don't expect there to be a lot of drilling. We expect there to be a lot of moving of rock and, and um, reopening edits and reinforcing that. So, so that's really what that exploration program is going to look like. Um, we need to do some minimal um, exploration work on the other two assets in Slovakia, um, we'll focus sequentially on them uh, one at a time. And why, why sequentially is there is a six-hour drive. So the one, the one which has got the music video, which I'd like to focus on, is in the west of the country. Um, the other two are in the east, so that's a six-hour drive. Um, so you wouldn't do it in parallel. And also they're, only ex they're accessible at, at different times. So um, you would want to do a minimal exploration program on those because you have to have a minimum spend every single year in order mm -hmm. to keep those licenses. And we will try and focus and advance the one project. 
Uh, so you're in a capital raising situation right now. Tell us about what, how much you're trying to raise and, you know, who are the individual, I mean, not specific individuals, obviously, but, you know, what is the sentiment for these critical, critical metals and who's coming in and participating in this financing specifically with antimony? So we're right at the beginning of the financing raise. Um, we put in a, a couple of our feeders out. Um, I have a personal high net worth. Um, actually, guys who are ex-Mark Rich, ex-Glencore uh, in their 50s and 60s now, who many of them have made their money trading antimony in Slovakia, in Russia, during the time of the Iron Curtain. Um, so they're interested, and they obviously they know the space. Um, there's... The EBRD, we've been chatting to European Union, we've been chatting to, might be a bit early stage for them, but, you know, always helps to, to be on the radar. Um, you know, anybody involved in defense would be interesting for, we're obviously speaking to all the roasters, because roasters cannot fill their capacity. I mean, so many roasters are running at 50% if they're lucky. So we're speaking to them. Um, traders, same reason. Is it mostly so, European based? Sorry to interrupt. Is it mostly European based? No, 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 no. Because oh, okay. uh, you do have that asset in Canada, but you remember sure. this is a critical metal, so everybody's like scrambling to to get on on board, uh, and for different reasons, I guess. Like, why does somebody invest? I mean, you've got the normal retail investors, which of course will put a private placement out to the market, and then uh, people can participate, and we'd like that very much because it gives you a broad perspective but um you know you've got companies that are trying to get hold of the material for trading purposes you've got companies who are concerned about their end uses mm-hmm. um such as the battery industry or the brake pad industry so they would look into it the auto industry um you've got companies you know who are roasters or connected to roasters or affiliated to roasters who are concerned about that. There are a myriad of industries that really are worried about their supply chain that could come in. And, and also, my, my last question, uh, and we'll let, then we'll let you go, Laura. I know it's late where you're at. Uh, I'm just really generally curious. It seems like in the last couple of months, there's been this, I don't know if it's fair to say, renewed interest or just general. Uh, attention towards this Eastern European mineralization, not only Slovakia, but we've had interviews with projects in Romania. Obviously, Poland continues to be mm-hmm. a big producer of copper. And all this is happening with a big war happening right next door in Ukraine. And I'm just kind of curious, is it, I mean, why is there this this much attention in Eastern Europe right now? Is it, because there's a renewed, uh, you know, kind of awareness of where if metal from Europe is going to come, is going to come from here? Or is it, you know, is it part of this deglobalization, this geopolitical issue? I mean, I would love to just kind of get your general thoughts and, on this loaded question I have here. Yeah, no, it is a loaded question. And, and um, yeah, you're not dreaming it. It's, it's real. Um, and there, there is not only a focus in the mining sector, by the way. I mean, there's a huge focus in, like, um, Polish real estate, for instance, is is also garnering attention. This is quite a bit hmm. garnering attention right now from a lot of high net worths piling into that. 
Um, I think part of it is where is the renewables going to go to? And, you know, several years ago, I worked with an engineer um, who was actually part of uh, Core Consultants, a company that I own. He's now moved off to Sweden. Um, but he, he was Greek, so he's, you know, rooted in, rooted in um, Europe. And he always said to me, he said, Lara, mark my words, we need to go to Europe, we need to go to Europe, we need to go to Europe. And I was like, why? And they said, for mining. I was like, you're in Africa, why, why do you want to go to Europe for mining? I mean, like, come on, who puts up European projects at the moment? You've got all this hassle with, with climate and ESG and, you know, why would you do that? Cost of mining. And he said to me, Lara, they need, they need to employ the people. They've got a population problem, they've got an employment problem, and they're going to have a supply problem. Trust me, we need to go. To, we need to go to Europe, and I think he's right. I mean, he's nine years wrong. <laughs> you know, he was wrong for nine years, but if you sure. fast forward it now, in today's term, he's right. And there is this renewed interest, and Europe does have minerals. They want to work on how to execute them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for the introduction. Uh, if people listening have follow-up questions and i expect they do how can they reach out to you or the company here multimetals dot com is our website um brooklyn is our extremely capable ir company secretary and everything person so ir at multimetalscorp.com you can get any much more information than i have she has everything um, <laughs> so yeah don't want to punt her too much because I don't want anybody to poach her. To be true, to be fair. <laughs> careful, <laughs> um, careful. But, but, but careful what I say. But that that is true. So I I R at multimetalscorp.com will will get you there. Um, our share price CSE. Well, not our share price. Our our ticker is CSE Malt. Uh, we're also on the FSE. It's Y forty four, I believe. And yeah, there we go. You can also reach out to me directly. I might answer. All right. Thanks, Laura. <laughs> I appreciate your time. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks, Trevor. Keep well. Cheers. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.